Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. It is good to have everyone back this morning. It's good to see your precious face. Amen. So I'm excited about this series called Revive. From crisis to revival. From crisis to revival. Revive. Amen. And so we know our homes need revival. Our churches need revival. Our country, our nation, our world need revival. We need revival. Come on, tell someone, we need revival. See, a revival is a revealing of God. It's a revealing of God. It's a renewed sense of God's presence, his power, his holiness. That's what this world needs. That is exactly what this country needs, a revealing of God, a renewed sense of his spirit, his presence, his power. So if you will, turn with me to Ezekiel 37. Now, it was a lot louder in this place last week. Matter of fact, it was a lot louder at the Bledsoe's home. (laughs) Now we have more people here this morning. And it's just too quiet for me. So, since Ben is sitting in the front, he has decided to pay anyone that says, Amen, $50. Oh, it gets better. If you say preach it, pastor, that's $100. Well, we need to loosen up here now. Come on, let's preach. Come on, God said, come on, we need revival. We need revival. We ought to make some noise. We need to cause some things from heaven. Come on, we need, we need some revival. Yes. Yes. Bless, bless Ben. It's giving heart. (laughs) So let's start in verse one. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, they were very many in the the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered with an emoji. Oh, Lord, God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked to the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath. There was no breath in them. Hmm. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesy as I was commanded, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet in exceedingly great army. Then, then. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to, to come up from your grave and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know, then you shall know then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. That's the message. That's the whole message right there. I don't need to say anymore. So I love verse one. I can literally stay in verse one the entire message. Verse one is extremely powerful. As a matter of fact, I want you to highlight verse one because at the end, we're going to talk about how significant verse 1 is. But just briefly about verse 1, I think is extremely powerful. He says, he brought him out, God brought Ezekiel out from where he was into the presence of God, and God placed him in the valley. God placed him in the valley. So you can be in the worst conditions but still be in the presence of God. Still be in the presence of, of God, just, just, just worship him. See, crisis will teach you to worship in the dark. It will teach you to worship in the dark. See, it's easier to worship God with the lights on. It's easier to worship God when things are going really, really well in your life, right? Because we all seem like we have a, a, a dance on our heart, right? We have a song on our heart when things are going well. It's easier for us to kind of skip and kind of dance and snap our fingers and, and clap to the Lord. It's easier to do it in the public. But when you are in the dark, when you are, if you develop a worship 
in the dark, man, you can fight demons. You can, we can, you can get over a crisis situation. Come on, we need to start learning to worship in the dark during dark times. Amen. That's when we really get to know God. We really get to know God worshiping him and during dark times. Because God's always speaking. He's always moving. He's always revealing. So God brought him out of his comfort zone, placed him in the valley. Placed him in the valley. So God began to reveal to him um, of, of what, what was going on, right? So God asked this important question to Ezekiel, and I think that we need to ask ourselves this question. I believe God is asking us this question as well. He says, son of man, will these bones live? I find it amazing that God called him son of man. Because God was making a distinction between him and man. Like, I am your God. Right? Like, man can't think the way that I think. Doesn't have thoughts that, that I have. Right. Don't do things my way. So he made a distinction first he, by calling him son of man. Like I am your God. Son of man. I found it amazing. They called him son of man. But then he said, says to him, ask him a question. Will these bones live? Like, do you think I can do it? Like not with your mind but with your heart, with your heart. Do you think I can do it here? Do you know that I can do it here? Where's the, the heart? The heart, is it right, is it right here? The heart is right here? Well, look, with right here? Right, Listen, I have a big heart, so it's right, it's right here, it's right. <laughs> so do you know that he can do it? Like he was saying to himself, looking at dry bones, looking at a dry place, and it's like, will these bones live? I don't know what, you, what, what you're going through right now, but if you are looking at a dry place in your life, God is asking you right now, will your dry bones live? Do you think I can do it? Do you think I can raise it up? So you might, you might save your money this morning, just like, so then God started to show him what was around him. God showed Ezekiel the condition of the people and the plan to save them. See, the, the condition, God was using the picture as an analogy of the children of Israel falling away from God and are nothing more than dry bones. There was no spirit in them. They were spiritually dead. They were spiritually dead. So looking around them, saw nothing but dry bones. But it was the people, it was the people that God was talking about. How there's no spirit in them. There's no joy. There's no hope in them. He said, Ziggo, look around. Look around you. Just look around you. There's no spirit. There's no happiness in them. But God had a plan. God promised that he would breathe life 
into the dry bones. God always has a plan for your crisis. <laughs> God sees your condition and he says, I'm just going to breathe life into it. Whatever you're going through, whatever your crisis is right now, God's saying that I am going to breathe life into your situation. So whatever you, that needs reviving your life, say, God, just show me my condition and breathe life into it. See, I know crisis often brings fear. I get it. It often does. Because crisis is kind of deep and confusing. It is. It's like some, and complicated. Sometimes you're like, why am I going through this? <laughs> Everything was going well. Now, why am I actually going, what does this mean? But crisis can also bring clarity. So we all were in a world crisis, this whole pandemic, right? Everything was shut down, right? All of a sudden, we, we, you know, we were in a crisis, but if you, if you thought about it, your crisis would, would bring clarity because it challenged you to put things in perspective. What was, what was more important? What was the priority? See, God wants to be, your, be, uh, be the priority. God wants your family to be a priority. So, some, so God slowed everything down. I've, I've seen so many people spending time with, your, with their family. It brought clarity. Like, this is important. God is the most important thing. My family is the most important thing. Everything else come under. Everything else come under. Crisis can bring clarity. I understand Sometimes when we go through a crisis, we feel powerless. Sometimes we feel alone. Anybody feel alone sometimes when they're in a crisis situation? We just feel alone, right? And it's just like, oh, my goodness, get me out of here. Get me out of this crisis. And sometimes we feel like we can't take one more thing because it continues to pile up and to pile up. But crisis can be revealing something God wants you to see and experience. A crisis can be revealing. Are you with me? Your crisis does not have the final word. God does. God does. It doesn't have the final word. God has a plan. He's going to reveal that plan. Sometimes just wait. When you're in a crisis situation, just sit there and just wait. And just wait on him. Just say, God, just speak to me. Amen? Because your crisis does not have the final word. God does. It's something that happens after the crisis. Right? There is a revival coming out of your crisis. Amen. Oh, man, we were much louder last week. This is not an perfect. This is like, we, uh, I don't know, maybe. Is a revival coming out of your crisis. It's a revealing of God. He's going to reveal himself more. He's going to renew you. Something's being renewed in your life. How many want more of God? This crisis, is, this, our country is set up, is positioned for a revival, a renewing, a revealing 
of God. Can you imagine once if we receive a revival, it would spill out into our families. Then it would spill out into the church. And the church would spill it out in the community. Amen? So if everyone would be affected by us receiving the revival in our lives, a revival. God said, I'm going to your crisis. He's looking at your crisis right now. He said, Some of you are in the midst of the breath coming in into your situation right now. Just wait. To, 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 don't, don't move now. Don't wait. Don't leave the breath. Wait for the breath to come into your situation right now. Don't get up now. Just hold on. God is about to breathe life into your situation. God can do a lot with hopelessness. He can just. You ever meet someone, right? You have great conversation with them. They walk away. It's just, you say to yourself, man, this, this is like they, when every time I talk to this person, it's like a breath of fresh air. That's God. Yeah. When you spend enough time with him, having conversations with him, the whole time that you're talking with him, worshiping him, he's like. And you get up from praying and just like, man, that's like a breath of fresh air. Every time I talk to God, I feel uplifted. It feels like I know him more. God's going to breathe into your situation. See, God allows a crisis to show his almighty power. He does. He, he told Moses to go get people from Pharaoh, you know, just go get them. So they were on a journey running from the enemy, right? And so God said, told Moses to take your staff, right? They got to the Red Sea, take your staff, hit it on the ground, and the West Red Sea will, will part, right? And so God showed off his power by, uh, from the staff that Moses had. See, God know me. He know not to give me anything like that. He know who would abuse power and who wouldn't. Like, you cannot give me a staff and it, and it will part a Red Sea. Oh, no, no, no. God know me because I'll take that thing. I think it has superpowers on it, right? I'll take that staff. I'll be riding it in the church, right? You'll see me walking, coming through the door on, on the staff like this, riding on the staff like this. Look at the power of God is in here. The power of God is in here. I'll be abusing that thing. I'll be, I'll be preaching, right? Y'all not paying attention. I'm not preaching. I'll just part the aisles. I'll be like, boom. <laughs> God knows me, right? God knows me, right? right? I take whoever's not paying their, tith uh, their, their tithe, right? I take that thing. Who <laughs> says the Lord, pay your tithes. That thing. God knows who to give that thing to. But God allows crisis to reveal himself to us, to reveal his power so that, so that we experience powers, uh, powerlessness, right, during crisis. That's okay, right, because, because our weaknesses is rooted in God's strength, right? It's okay. So I remember, you remember the story of Job 
right? So the, the enemy thought he had Job. God, God said, do you consider, have you ever considered my servant Job? And so, so God showed up his power, his love for Job. Job went through all these things, lost everything, right? And for God re, uh, replaced everything for even, even more in, ab in abundance. But the whole time what Job did is awesome. See, the, the enemy thought he had Job. Well, all the crisis did was uh, uh, allow Job to raise his hand. It's something about lifting your hands in the midst of crisis. It just challenged them because he was just like, God, God giveth and God taketh away. He didn't move his position. He didn't leave. He waited for the spirit of God to breathe on his situation. He didn't move. If you are in crisis right now, the enemy's attacking you right now, you're in the best position. All he should do is just allow you to lift your hands. Lift your hand. Crisis causes us to raise our hands in de desperation. When you know God, God's going to move. You don't know how he's going to move. You don't know what he's going to do. But if you just lift your hands and just worship him in the dark, and God, you're just waiting for the breath of God to come over your situation. Come on. See, we need to be stirred up by the Holy Spirit to bring us to greater devotion with God. See, he, God, God wants us to move from words to action. To words to action. Right? Words to action. He wants us to move from knowing him to really knowing him. Wants to move us from knowing him to really knowing him. See, God always wants to reveal himself. He always wants to be found. See, a, a revival is a revealing of God. It's a tangible experience yes. with God. So God always wants to be found. He says, ask, seek, and knock the door will be open. Ask, seek, and knock. God said, come and find me. Come and find me. I want to be found. God's not hiding from you. He wants to be found. You just have to ask, and you have to seek, and you have to knock. And sometimes during a crisis, that's all you need to do is to ask. To seek and to knock, that's faith. Ask, seek, and knock. God wants to be found. And some people think that God just disappears when, he's a, when you're in crisis. No, he's still there. He is still there. There may be something in your life that God wants to revive. He wants you closer to him. Maybe he, maybe he wants your commitment. Commitment to your family. Commitment to him. Commitment to your family. Commitment to your spouse. Maybe he wants your faith. Maybe he wants your heart. So there are two parts to revival. Two parts to revival. Okay, we got to go. Two parts to revival. The first part, ready? 
Yeah? Okay, not one person. The word of God must be accompanied by the breath of his spirit. Yeah, yeah that'll preach, right? That might preach. Yeah, so the word of God must be accompanied by the breath of his spirit. So if we go back to Ezekiel 37, uh, verse 4, it says, Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. See, the Holy Spirit and the, and, and, and the word of God need to be working together. In you, in us. The word of God and the Holy Spirit needs to be working in us. So when one or both are absent, God's people have no living experience of his reality in their midst. That means we are spiritually dead. So as Ezekiel was looking around to these dry bones, he said there was no word. There was no spirit. In them, they were spiritually dead. And 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So that means wherever God, if God's Spirit is in you and working in you, you are alive. But spiritually dead means we are absent from his presence or his word is not in us. It means you need revival. So here's how you can tell if someone is spiritually dead, right? What kind of noise are you making? <laughs> it's a certain sound the Lord likes. He loves praising and thanksgiving. He loves it that when we give him praise, no matter what the season, right? No matter what the season, he loves that we sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. He loves when we praise him in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm. Not at the end. It's easy to praise him at the end of the storm. It's even easier to praise him before the storm. But you want to see God praise him in the middle of the storm. Because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means if you praise him, he will continue to inhabit where you are. He will be where you are. And he will continue to keep you in his presence. So certain noise God does not like. He cannot stand murmuring and complaining and questioning where, where his direction he's, he's taking. That's what kept the Israelites out of the promised land, the first generation. Was the murmuring and complaining. Stop a movement of God. We have that much power. <laughs> right? That we can stop the plan of God to come into our lives. To manifest in our lives. Right? It's the murmur and complaining. 
So make sure we're making the proper noise. Yes. It's the praising and thanksgiving. Yes. It's praising him and thanking him for everything. For everything. The Bible says that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That means stop playing dead. If you have breath in you, if you are a born-again believer, yes. you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you better make a joyful noise. Amen? You better make it doesn't matter what you're going through. God's just like, I just need to breathe on it a little bit. If you read my word, my word would tell you that I would breathe on your situation. My word would tell you that I would never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. When you read my word, don't just keep it here. It needs to translate into your heart, into your everyday life. Stop playing dead. You may not have the answer to what you're going through, but still praise him. Yes. You don't need a miracle. You need a word. Wow. You need a word. God has a word in the midst of your crisis. You must be sensitive to the spirit of God. You must be sensitive to what God, when God is speaking. The word of God is a message to us. See, I stopped asking God to give me what he already provided. I just ask, I just ask him to show me. <laughs> just show me. Help me see it, God. Just help me see it. I already know what you provided. Just help me see it. Open up my eyes of my understanding. Help me see it. Help me see it. Help me see it. Are you hungry? If someone is dead, that means they're no longer hungry. Something has stolen their appetite. Something has taken their hunger. There has to be a spiritual hunger for God. Hungry Christians eat all the time, and they become spiritually full. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be Filled. Hungry Christians could eat. Hungry Christians could eat and they would be filled. They're always full. You should be, you should hunger for his presence all the time. We should hunger for his presence. See, I know God is, is, is God's, pre, God is omnipresent. He's, he's all, that means he is everywhere. But we should want more than than a, um, God's omnipresent. We should want a manifestation of his presence. Yeah. I know he's up. I know he's around. I know he's everywhere, but I want him to be in the midst of, of my situation. I want him to be in my heart. Do you know the world is looking for a manifestation of God's presence? The reason why they're, they're, they're wandering hopelessly is because they don't see a manifestation of God's presence in God's people. They're looking for a manifestation of his presence. They know people know. Don't be confused. People know God is everywhere. They may not admit that they know that God is everywhere, but they, they want to see God in us. They want to see God in the church. 
They want to see God in the church. They want to see his manifest presence here in our lives. Amen? So the second thing, second thing, two parts to a revival. So it's the second part. A revival requires a response. So if we go back to our text, as uh, God instructed Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones and to speak over it, right? And so the first time he did it, he spoke over the the dry bones. He spoke over it. But so the bones, uh, the, the people stood up. Right. So and they had the sinews was in it. They had skin on them and all of that. But they had no breath in them. So to me, when I read that, I was like, God, you're amazing. The picture that you're painting here. Right. So the corpse came up. It had skin on them. It, it looked as if they were alive. It looked as if they were alive, but they weren't because they had no breath in them. So that means that the word of God was just here. That's the picture he gave me. This is what happens when the word of God doesn't leave the mind. It's as if we don't have breath in us. Then he had him to pray. He said, so the, if you read, again, the next verse, he said, okay, well, just keep, so prophesy over the breath. Prophesy over the breath. That means to call it forth. He said, call on the four winds. Call them forth. Just call them forth. Call on, prophesy the breath of God in them. The breath of God in them. So when he did that, they stood up. Like an army, they were alive. They were alive because they were breathing the word of God. Come on. They were breathing the word of God. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. It was another step, right? God said, I'm going to open up the grave for you to walk out. What a picture of the resurrection. He says, I'm going to open up the grave so you can walk out. So think about this. The word was working. The spirit of God was in them. But a a, uh, a revival uh, uh, takes a response. So we have to respond. So it's the taking, so they had to walk out of their graves. Are you with me so far? And this is when we talk about a revival. Remember, revival is a revealing of God, a renewing, a revealing of God, a renewing of God. And so that's what happened to the corpse. That's what happened to the people of Israel, right? So when they step out, so let's go back to verse 13, and I'm going to close with this. 
then you shall know. Here's the revealing. Then you shall know I am the Lord. When I open up your graves, oh, my people brought you up of your graves. I will put my spirit. That's the renewing. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. We're asking God for a revival. He'll do it. But the word, it's got to be working. The Holy Spirit's got to be working. And then it takes a response from us. What kind of noise are you making in the midst of your crisis? Are you praising him with thanksgiving? That's a response. That's a great response that God loves. God's saying that you don't understand. All you need to do is to focus, focus, as Pastor Steve said, to focus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And do what Jesus did when he faced crisis. Do what he did. Step out of your grave. I said, verse 1, an extremely powerful verse. I, I love the verse. And I think it's a challenge for all of us. God brought Ezekiel from his comfort zone and he placed him in the middle of a crisis. God used Ezekiel to bring forth a revival. Isn't that powerful? That God used him for a revival. He brought him out from his com comfort zone. It was not something he did before. You know, the Bible has gaps in it, right? You don't know the conversations that he had. You don't know what he had to do to get to that place or to, to be used by God. It was something that was uncomfortable for him. But revival started with Ezekiel. Revival starts with us. It starts with us. God just needs some people who will, who will get up out of their comfort zone. Because he already has revealed the condition our country's in. But, but he has a promise for reconciliation. He just needs some people who will step out of their graves, step out of their comfort zone, and be a catalyst for change, a catalyst for revival. God's saying to this church, revive. Revive. Come on, stand. at your dry bones as an opportunity to reveal himself. God looks at your crisis as an opportunity to 
Because when he breathed a breath of life over your situation, you will get up and you will say, I know that was God. Like, no, I know that was God. I know that was God. Because only he can breathe the breath of life into something that appears to be dead. Whatever you're going through right now, just imagine God right now. You take your situation and just give it to him. And imagine him just love God, you read his word, you are committed to him, but sometimes the crisis gets the best of you. God say, don't worry about it. That's what I'm going to do. All you need is this. And you are going to know that it's me because the, the power of, of, of the manifestation of my power will be revealed. Lift your hands. Precious God. Thank you, God. Breathe. Breathe. Breathe on every person. Breathe on every family, on our live stream. Breathe. 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 Breathe, Lord God. Last week, Lord God, you said the wind, Lord God. So, so this moment right now, just, 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 Lord God, just take your breath and breathe upon your people. Breathe. you are a breath of fresh air. We want more of you, Lord God. We want more of you, God. Reveal yourself even deeper to us, God. Send the revival, God. Help us be the revival, God. Help us be the catalyst to revival, Lord God. Let us start with our heart. Lord God, then trickle down to our homes, Lord God, then trickle down to our families, Lord God, then trickle down to our communities, Lord God, then trickle down to our churches, Lord God, then trickle down to this world, Lord God. Revive us, God. Revive us, God. We want more of you, Lord God, more of you, God. We're searching for more of you. Revive us. Revive us. Breathe into us, Lord God. Breathe into us, God. Use us, Lord God. We're willing to step up, to step out of our comfort zones, Lord God, and be a catalyst of change, Lord God. We want to have those courageous conversations, Lord God. We want to nurture relationships, Lord God, of all colors, Lord God. Revive us, God. Revive us. I speak boldness over your people right now, Lord God. Send them out, Lord God. Anoint them, Lord God. Let them know how courageous they are. I speak the breath of God over everyone right now in Jesus' name.
love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give me some praise. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.